Hi, I'm Pawi, and you're listening to Rappler Podcast. You're listening to Hustles Inside the Industry, where we talk to professionals and find out how they got here, why they do what they do, and what it takes to do it. This is Pawi from Rappler's Hustle Team, and joining me today, we have Felice and Padma Perez of Mount Cloud Bookshop. Welcome! Hi, Pawi. Hi, Pawi. Thanks for having Good us. Good to be here. Mount Cloud, so far, I think, based on my memory, is only our second out-of-Metro Manila guest. So super excited to learn more about that. What is and where is Mount Cloud Bookshop? Um, so we're a bookshop located in Baguio City. And actually, this August, we're celebrating our 10th anniversary. So we've been open since 2010. Any specialties that, that come along with Mount Cloud? Like what kind of bookshop you are? What kind of books you sell? Well, we're, we like to say we're a small independent bookstore. And we sell a majority of Filipino titles. So we try to keep um, at least 80 to 90% Filipino titles on our shelves. Mostly brand new. Once in a while, we throw in a couple of rare secondhand books if we can find them on the market. We also carry a lot of independent publishers' work and small presses. So aside from Filipiniana coming from, say, publishers like Anvil or Ateneo University Press or University of the Philippines Press, we also um, have books from Gantala Press, uh, um, which is a small feminist uh, publishing group or collective and we also carry zines um i i feel like a fool right now because um i had a wonderful baguio trip last december before all this pandemic hit and i did not stop by your bookstore it sounds totally right up my alley yeah i would have loved to so i love bookstores as as i mentioned what are some of your favorite bookstores in the world oh that you've God. been to i used to say that if i were to die and go to heaven my paradise would be um blackwell's in oxford especially when they opened a coffee shop in the bookshop then that was definitely where i was gonna go when i died and you're a coffee person as well i assume yes well when we go on trips we really put it on our bucket list to see bookshops and um last year no the year before last i was in venice and you know everybody talks about oh my gosh the bookshop by the canals but when i was walking around looking for dinner one day in a plaza i stumbled upon this tiny bookshop called um, libreria marco polo and that's my favorite one it's tiny it's tucked away at the edge of a plaza and it Mm -hmm. was really um it was built for the locals and that really um resonated a lot with me because we're a bookshop that wants to be for locals in a tourist town right right and so when when i saw that bookshop i was like okay it's like the biggest tourist town in the world but they're focusing on catering to um their locals you know, Feliz, we might have been to the same bookshop at roughly <laughs> the same time because I was also in Venice around that time. Hole in the wall bookshop, um, very, very lovely on the outside, but 99% of their books I couldn't understand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was in Italian, but I, I loved it. 
with a small English section, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Tiny. Um, for reference, my favorite bookstores, my my home bookstore back when I lived in New York was McNally Jackson um, in Soho classic and and they have their own printing press so that's why i was asking you if 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 you're gonna go that route and then the other place also similar they have their own printing press i had the privilege of going to atlantis uh bookstore yes santorini nice that's on the bucket wow uh fun aside or more fun going in rather uh let's talk about mount cloud and how did mount cloud first get its start 10 years ago so we obviously love books and um, we joke a lot of how we kind of ran out of space for books at home. <laughs> so we decided to open a bookshop. But really, um, growing up, bookshops were kind of like um, a safe space for us. So we'd get left there when my mom would go to the market. She'd leave us in the bookstore um, to just read. And... Um, when we wanted to open Mount Cloud, there were no more um, bookstores in Baguio. They were all just secondhand bookstores, and there was no bookstore that sold primarily new books. And we thought that was kind of sad, Baguio being a university town as well. So we wanted to open it. But the main reason that kind of just kicked us into, okay, this is what we're going to do, is a space opened in Casa Vallejo, which is one of the oldest buildings in Baguio. And when we saw the space, we thought, okay, this is it. This is what we want to do, and this is where we're going to put it. So we were there for eight years. And just recently, we moved out to a bigger space. So we always had this dream of owning and running a bookshop, but it was always just that. It was just a dream. It was nice to talk about. Um, we never actually did anything to make it a reality until that space opened up uh, in Casa Vallejo, which was built in 1904. So it felt fitting. It felt like an opportunity that was worth grabbing. And we, we took it and we jumped in without knowing anything about the industry. <laughs> <laughs> So all we had was our love of books, um, and that's what propelled us from the beginning. What were each of your uh, professional backgrounds, even prior? You said that you didn't have any knowledge exactly of the industry, but there were certainly certain um, attributes to yourself that helped you execute this and make it a reality. So when we made the decision to open a bookshop. I had just finished my PhD in anthropology and I was asking myself whether there was something for me outside of academe. And many of my friends and colleagues will know that I've, I've been like that. I'll, 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 I'll stick my foot in academe and then after a year or a little more, I'm fed up and I want to get out of academe. So I think at that time, I was wanting to, after finishing a dissertation and getting a doctorate, I was wanting out of academe. Um, And you're right when you pointed out that we, although we knew nothing about the industry when we started, we certainly felt um, 
that we belonged to a community that had resources and that had the knowledge that would help us do this. I'm a member of the Baguio Writers Group and we had published a book earlier so that gave us a little insight into the publishing process that also meant we were in touch with publishers. I think it's because of the Baguio Arts Festival which was in the 1990s. Many of our friends were poets and novelists and journalists and writers so we felt that we we could turn to that community um, for advice and for guidance so that we could get the bookshop up and running. I had just um, moved down to Manila actually when we started opening the bookshop to teach in a high school, a small progressive high school. So um, I was doing like the Manila purchasing side where I would be the ones contacting the publishers, trying to get the books and then sending them up to Baguio. So we kind of had like, um, uh, I was the step towards the bookshop and then Padma in the beginning was the one running it in Baguio. <laughs> you touched up on it a bit, but I did want to talk to you more about publishing also. Both of you have uh, published works. Could you talk about that for a bit? About the time we opened the bookshop was actually about the time that we published several. My mom did a cookbook um, of family recipes and then um, Padma was part of several anthologies within that span of two or three years. And then I published with my mother and my best friend a cookbook on Cafe by the Ruins. So um, our mother and a bunch of her friends had, had set up this restaurant in Baguio in 1988. And so basically, I grew up inside the restaurant. And that's what the book is about. So um, my mom was like, why don't you and your best friend, because um, my best friend, we have the same birthday. And we've been best friends since we were two. <laughs> Her mom is the partner of my mom in the restaurant. It's one of the partners of my mom in the restaurant. So we really grew up together in the restaurant. So it was a kind of like a sharing of what it was like to grow up. And then my mom put all the recipes out that we've been having in the menu since then. So we went through the whole process of writing the book, designing it, and getting it out. And that was one of the things, one of the first things that we had in stock when we opened the bookshop was, okay, let's have all the family books, my sister's, my mom's, mine, and then build sure. outwards in the circle. How about you, Padma? What were some of the works that you published? I have an S, well, a personal essay or a short story, I'm not sure what to call it, that's in the anthology called The Baguio We Know, and it's about getting drunk in Baguio, a great <laughs> hobby that the locals have. Uh, <laughs> and that was, that was something that we worked on as an organization, the Baguio mm. Writers Group. And then in 2018, I published a book with the University of the Philippines Press. It's based on my research um, as an anthropologist on indigenous people's rights and nature conservation, and it's called Green Entanglements. And now I'm working on a book that we hope will come out next year. It's a literary anthology on climate change, and it's mm. got nine world languages in it with um, 30 photographs and 30 narratives or poems 
um, from 24 countries around the world. And this is um, a project we call AGAM, for AGAM AGAM, or for voting, uh, at the climate, the Institute for Climate and Sustainable Cities. So I too published the book. I went the self-publishing route. After that experience, I've told myself that I'm not going to do it again. Um, not because it wasn't worthwhile, but just because it really takes a lot of work. I mean, mm-hmm. National Bookstore was kind enough to distribute, so so that was good. I luckily, um, I did have a partner. It was a children's book, so she was an illustrator. So so yeah, I think all this circles back to the idea of having other people there, right, mm-hmm. to to help elevate you. You know, some people look down on independent publishing and they said it's vanity press, right? But I think that's not valid anymore because a lot of people have great material but no opportunity to get it published. And so self-publishing is a important and valid part of the industry. You hear that, everyone? So, so again... Um, even if you feel that you lack the experience, I mean, look at these two over here. They started the bookshop <laughs> and published several books uh, just because they felt like it. So if you can't find the platform, uh, maybe you can try making your own platform for yourself. Another P word that you mentioned earlier was pandemic, and that's the hot topic right now. So why don't you tell us how Mount Cloud has pivoted during the pandemic? I noticed on your Facebook page, you have such things as online orderings, um, as well as a subscription service. So can you elaborate more on those? Padma and I had this conversation earlier of how in Baguio, it's the being in Baguio is kind of an advantage for us coming into the pandemic because um, in Baguio, it being a tourist town, like I mentioned earlier, we have lean season and we have peak season. And during lean season, which is actually usually now, um, like June until October, it's really almost dead. I mean, nobody (laughs) wants to come out because it's raining so much and there are no tourists. So we've really already developed like way we've tried to develop ways to still be able to make ends meet um, despite having no one in the shop. So when um, the pandemic hit, our first um, thought was, okay, we have to push the subscriptions again. And so the book subscriptions actually originated from that, like um, not having people in the shop and trying to get people to get books, even if they were far, far away from us. Right. So um and also to introduce people to Philippine literature a bit more. So, you know, um, when we opened, it was the height of Twilight and Harry Potter. And everyone was just reading right. books from um, outside the Philippines. And they weren't familiar with um, these local writers. I think Tresse came out just about the same time as Tresse, yep. So that's how that uh, we started getting those books and trying to promote books like that as well that's one way we pivoted um the second was um we really went online more um we've been trying to get online and sell books online as much as possible but um being in the shop and having to do shop things we were like we focused so much of our energy on that it was so hard to do online at the same time Mm, and then when all of a sudden we had no people in the shop we were really able to concentrate and like okay what's the process who's going to answer these messages how are we going to get the books up um so that people can see them 
and which books are we going to show because i mean we have in our bookstore we have maybe 5000 titles sometimes less sometimes more and we can't put all 5000 up right because some copies we only uh, some books we only have one copy um and uh so there it was hard to get it up while we were running the shop and then when the pandemic hit nobody was coming to the shop we were able to focus on that all the way so that's what we've been doing just selling books online I mean, a lot of people, well, not much for a lot, but I know that there are some people who would happily use I'm Polyamorous label to basically justify anything, mm-hmm. to justify sleeping around, to justify not committing, but that flies in the face naman of how we see it. It's my choice not to be a mother, but I'm not, it's not dissing on, mothers, dissing yeah. on motherhood, oh, diba? on it's parenthood. It's like a purely person-to-person basis. Oh, oh. I'm Marguerite Leon, host of Rappler's I've Got an Opinion, where I speak to ordinary people who have a lot to say about extraordinary issues. Listen in every other Wednesday at 8 p.m. on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Next time, wag niya kung pariginigin ng revolution. Nako, Diyos ko. Yan ang mas delikado sa COVID. Kaya kung mag-revolution kayo, you will give me the free ticket to stage a counter-revolution. How I wish you would do it. Don't understand what President Rodrigo Duterte is saying? Want to know the story behind his words? Listen to Seat of Power, Rappler's political podcast about the Duterte presidency. Hosted by me, Piranada, Rappler's Malacanang beat reporter. So, um, we actually put the call out there to help us stay afloat, please. Because we were really afraid at the beginning after that one month of being closed of how of we're going to make it work. And um, this one author who... The Egai Samar, he's written several books for young adults and poetry books and a novel as well. And he he's really a champion for Philippine literature and for students. You know, he really wants students to um, get the books that they might need or that they want to read and might not be able to. So he put out on his Twitter a call and he said, the first 25 students that send me a message, I will buy you a book from Mount Cloud Bookshop. Nice. And he sent me a message and he said, okay, I'm sorry I didn't ask for your permission, but every time someone messages you, these 25 words are the passcodes and these are the people that are going to get wow. a free book from me. And I was like, okay, that's great. Thank you. So um, we got 25 people that sent us the, their passcodes that he gave them and he let them choose any book in the shop that they wanted and nice. we mailed it out to them and then he, he picked up the bill and he said this is his way of supporting both the bookshop and the students and we were really touched by that that, that was like one of the coolest things you know what's so interesting what i love about running this podcast is i think every new guest uh, comes in with these very specific gems um that that i can mine they're evergreen they're these evergreen um pieces of advice that for those of you listening out there who aren't really into books, uh, here are already two gems for you. Number one, there's a lot to be learned from the more out-of-the-city provincial businesses. Um, If Metro Manila was hit hard by pandemic, because Metro Manila is used to being (laughs) constantly alive, learn a lot from these businesses that focus on seasons and see how how they have naturally already um, incorporated adapting into their uh, business operations. So that's number one. 
Uh, number two, this one is just this one's just a realization from uh, what you've been telling me. It seems to me that running a bookstore um, ultimately kind of falls into the hospitality category as well. Yeah, a bookstore is not really about just selling books and buying books because otherwise uh, the bookstores would have been completely obsolete by now, right? Because you can just get them um, anywhere. But maybe you can talk more about that. Tell us how you might, in what ways Mount Cloud might bring that experience to even those under quarantine right now. One of the events that we used to have, that we've been running for a couple of years now, well, seven years, eight years now, is um, Third Monday from the Sun, which is our uh, monthly community open mic. So every third Monday of the month, we have an open mic. And um, it started out as just poetry, but it's grown and there's been music and um, spoken words. So uh, when we went into the pandemic, so that was March 14, when we went into quarantine, um, it was like a couple of days just before third Monday. So we were like, oh, what are we going to do for third Monday? And oh. so we brought it online. We started out with um, asking people to send us in videos and um, pictures with their um, poetry on it. And then we posted it on our Instagram stories. And so it started with that. And a lot of people responded really well to that because um, they always they needed the poetry. In June, we tried doing a live um, stream. So we had a Zoom call with a couple of poets and then we broadcasted it live. And they people enjoy that also. But we didn't feel so comfortable because not knowing who the audience was because usually Mount Cloud, inside the bookshop, it's very small, it's very intimate, and it's like a safe space where people can talk about whatever they want. And not knowing who was watching kind of made us a little uneasy. So in the past couple of months what we did is we just made it a zoom call and if you if you're a poet and you want to join mm. you could come and then we share poetry or music and um that's been one of the ways to bring mount the mount cloud experience home because um a lot of people that haven't been able to join third monday because you know um we have a lot of people that want to come from out of town but monday is probably the worst sure. time the time, right? <laughs> Which is why we really? put it on a Monday because that's when we had the least number of people in the shop and we wanted to bring people into the shop initially. That's yeah. what started Third Monday. So a lot of people were saying, oh, it's my first time to Third Monday, but I've always wanted to come and I'm so happy that it's online. And then we have, we've had our regulars on it also who have been um, coming to Third Monday regularly for eight years and they're like, oh, it feels like being home, you know, having... Every year we've been doing Nick Joaquin's May Day Eve, where um, a, a pair of our yes. friends read it um, in the store towards midnight usually. So we've done it in the bookshop once in our old location and then again in our new location. And then again, we're like, okay, um, everybody's stuck at home. Let's do it on Zoom. So we did a, a, live, a live stream of the reading of May Day Eve 10 p.m. on April 30, and it extended up to midnight. So we hit that May Day mm. Eve, and that was nice because we had some more than 500 viewers at one point, and it's been viewed over wow. and over. Yeah, and there were so many comments and um, people that hadn't heard about the bookshop but loved Nick Joaquin. It got shared all over. So that was another way to bring like what our events are like in the shop out to 
the rest of the world into people's homes. I'm remembering now what it was like when we started building the shelves of the bookshop 10 years ago <laughs> in, in Casa Vallejo. And we knew we wanted it to feel like Baguio, um, especially the old Baguio houses that we, we knew and that we grew up in and our friends grew up in where the floors were wooden. Uh, everything was was pine wood. Um, and so things had this warm golden sheen to them so and we also wanted it to be a space where like Fee said earlier a safe space and a place where people could read and could lounge and it was really a nice place to be during the rainy season it takes a lot to maintain that physical space and I think I think that's why we lagged behind initially on on getting online and doing online sales. But now, the situation we're all in, that's what we're having to rely on. I know I know it's been months since the start of lockdown, but, but it does sound like you adapted really quickly. And it does sound like you have even more plans um, to keep on growing, I guess, this part of the business. So on that note, uh, what's next for Mount Cloud Bookshop? We're really bad at what's next. I mean, honestly, <laughs> we, we, we didn't even think we'd get this far. So uh, right now, we're really focused on um, just the anniversary, which is approaching. It's on August 29th. We're, we're going to do a couple of online events. But really, um, our focus right now is to be able to stay open. So we're really trying as much as possible to um, get as much revenue as we can. Um, the thing about moving to a bigger place is we are, of course, paying bigger rent. That's true. And yeah. um, what's nice about where we are, though, because it's bigger, is we're also sharing our space with a couple of what we like to refer to as our cohabitants, um, some <laughs> other businesses in the shop. So um, on the same property, we now have a bike shop. So they sell mountain oh, bikes wow. and uh, mountain okay. bike parts and helmets. And then we also have um, we also have a coffee shop, a hot cut specialty coffee shop, and um, our biggest neighbor is um, Vivita or Vivi Stop Baguio, and they're a creative accelerator for kids. So um, it's a what? Yes, <laughs> that sounds amazing. Okay, it's a foundation, and um, they're uh, focus a lot on science and STEM. So if you are like the type of kid that, uh, you know, wants to take apart a toaster, but they're not allowing you to do it at home, <laughs> this would be the place for you because oh my gosh. Um, wow. there'd be, there's mentors, there's no curriculum, but there are mentors like to kind of just help you figure out what you want to do. If you want to print something on the 3D printer, they will show you how. And so we're really excited about that. Now, the, their opening was also delayed by the pandemic they were supposed to open in march but um we're really looking forward to working with them of, of all our cohabitants the one that's doing really well is behind bars bike shop because of the the boom in um in in the need for for bicycles to get around they were the ones yeah, that good for them. were allowed to open earliest too because um baguio had decided that um of all the businesses that 
bike shops mm-hmm. should be considered as essential. So before anybody yeah. in the building was able to open, they were allowed to open. So we're also glad that I mean having those cohabitants also because it brings a whole different crowd, you know. So people come in yeah. to get their bikes, they have their kids with them, they'll hang out in the children's room in the bookshop while someone's buying a bike or having coffee and it's nice to have that dynamic or they come in with their kids to buy a book or to buy a book for themselves mm-hmm. and they see the bike shop and they're like, Okay, check that out mm-hmm. too. It sounds like all of you in that space have something in common which is that heavy interaction, right? Uh, with with your customers, with your with your community, and that's something that I hope um, I wish you the best of success in in maintaining. With that, any last bits of advice for your fellow colleagues um, in the book industry at large, uh, especially here in the Philippines? I want to make more friends in the book industry. I mean, um, we've always had a dream of like setting up um, kind of like a support group with the other bookstores we haven't been able to do it yet but that's the goal so that we can help each other out it's hard being a small independent bookstore i mean just working the logistics of getting the books to certain from certain places like um in davao and in naga they have great publishers and we're not able to get those books because they're so far away but to be able to build that network to be more um to be wider all across the Philippines, that would be great. So if there are any book people out there listening to this, just drop us a message. We want to be friends. <laughs> I think everybody involved in this industry is necessary, whether you're a small press or independent publisher or a big publisher or the person who drives the, the van that delivers the books and and the book lover and and of course most of all the writers the illustrators the dreamers everybody really counts and um and we've all been affected by this um and we need each other to keep going so so keep doing what you do and we need to hold each other up Excellent way to end the interview. We're going to wrap things up now with our play of the week. We talked a lot about work. Now let's talk about play. Any fun activities or recommendations for our listeners to unwind from the busyness of business? I love podcasts. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, there's a lot of good ones out there. Uh, the one that I'm re-listening to now, it's really good, is called Forest 404. And it's a BBC fiction okay. production. And it's yeah, it's a sci-fi story. Super cool. Ooh, okay. That'll be my next listen then. <laughs> Thanks for that. Really great sound design. Forest 404 has really great sound design. And then there's the story, because I'm a big, I love Forest 404 as well. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a story episode, and then there's a talk episode where it's, they talk about the big idea that was embedded within the first ep- the story episode and almost like a commentary a, yes yeah yeah like um like that's where i learned about for example um memorial online memorials like how many hmm. dead people are on facebook and how that data has to be stored somewhere because sure. there it's memorialized anyway that's i'm gonna write it, this 
Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and then there's another episode that's a soundscape where you can listen to just the sound without story, without narration. So anything. fascinating. Okay. It is. I'm going to listen is. to it. How about, how about your play of the week, Padma? Mine is, is bird watching or what I recently learned is called backyard birding. So you don't have to go outdoors or into a forest. Uh, it's just a matter of paying attention to what's right out, what might be right outside your window. For example, I have a friend who lives in a, um, a condo who's been posting pictures of birds that come and perch by her window. So I, I think it's just a matter of noticing what's already there. So, um, and there are sites online where you can help get your, your sightings identified. You can look things up Mm -hmm. and learn about the shape of the wing or the shape of the tail or the colors of the feathers will give you hints on what kind of bird you're seeing. So that's one of the things that cheers me up immensely is spotting birds. Yeah. I I think. That's what everyone's experiencing right now. More awareness, more mindfulness of what's around. Because for most of us who are in quarantine, this is our world currently. Whatever's around you, that's that's your world. Um, and whatever's on your screen. Um, okay, so my play of the week to go with today's theme is a book recommendation right on time. Uh, Rappler just released our ebook called A Perfect Storm. It's a collection of our stories on uh, Typhoon Yolanda, aka Hayan, and post Yolanda uh, stories of the like. It is on Amazon right now as an ebook. It's $9.99. I think if you pay in pesos, it's 450 And for those of you who are interested in supporting Rappler via Rappler Plus, you actually get a copy for free. So check it out, A Perfect Storm, and you can also check out Rappler Plus. Okay, that's it. Thanks so much, Felice and Padma. Why don't you tell our listeners how they can contact you, how can they can how can they keep up with Mount Cloud Bookshop online? Um, so we're on Facebook, uh, Mount Cloud Bookshop, and Instagram as well, at Mount Cloud, and on Twitter, we are at Mount Cloud Bookshop. So we're on all of those three platforms. But the content is not the same on all three platforms. We wish you the best of luck, by the way, in your 10th anniversary. Please follow Mount Cloud and check out, look out for their online events, correct? Yes. Thanks so much to you, too. Thank you. Yeah, very fun conversation. Enjoyed that. And thank you for listening. If you haven't already, please stay tuned to Hustles Inside the Industry on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you find your podcasts. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Oh, and before you go, if you or anyone you know is a professional in a bold and exciting industry, we'd love to hear all about it. Email us at hustle at rappler.com, H-U-S-T-L-E at rappler.com for your chance to be the next guest here on Inside the Industry.